Now, if you've been shocked at your energy bills, you're probably in the majority wondering anxiously about what's going to happen at the end of this month when government cost of living supports are due to end. There are hints from the Taoiseach as well as senior government ministers that replacement schemes might be in place, but it comes amid reports of more families relying on food banks and parents doing without meals. Well, earlier I took a walk through the milk market here in Limerick City to ask people how they're managing. Electricity is outrageous. We're okay, but if it gets any more, you know, any, it's it'll be very, very hard to keep up. Like we turned our electricity practically to nothing, you know, it turned everything off, and it's still coming out 360 every two months. You know, it's a big bill to have. You have to keep a track of it. You could be blown in the face trying to say, oh, we'll save this this week or next month. Do you know what I mean? There's always something that's outgoing and it just seems to get worse and worse. Everything is going up, nothing is coming down, but nothing has been done about it. It's the same old story, the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. Tight enough, yeah, we're still in college, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, things are, I'm still living at home, like, so you get about a hundred euro a week. <laughs> yeah, it's tight, I'm out of college, I still live at home, but like, bills are split, I don't have parents paying for everything. But it's just crazy, like my sister got her estimated gas and electricity bill yesterday and it's over 700 euro, like, how can people afford that, like? Bills, monthly bills, how do you find them? No problem. No problem, yeah. I'm a very wealthy guy. I'm very lucky. Right, very good. I can't understand it to keep um, putting up the prices and all these companies are making so much money. All right, that was just a selection of what we heard from some shoppers out and about in Limerick City this morning. Now, for many particularly in particularly difficult circumstances, borrowing to pay the bills is the only option and the cost of debt depends on your circumstances, debt being dearest for the poorest. And Ken Graney works with Good Shepherd Ireland, an organisation offering zero interest small loans here in Limerick. He joins me now on the line. Ken Graney, good afternoon to you. Hi, Colin. Good afternoon. Great to speak to you. Well, thanks for coming on. What level of demand are you seeing now for the zero interest loans you're offering and who's coming to you looking for them? Okay, well, I mean, there's a great need at the moment, Colin, I mean, which is ever increasing day in, day out. Um, we're only able really to provide loans to people who are directly referred to us by our referral partners. This week alone, we've had over a dozen people contact us who we weren't able to help. So really, we're going to start off by saying we'd love to encourage organisations in Limerick and the surrounding areas who think that their client group would benefit um, from NIL to contact us. Because currently we're confined to working mainly in the greater Limerick area due to lack of funding. But we're hoping to pilot uh, you know, this scheme in Dublin as well in coming months. All right. so uh, when you say you'd like referrals, uh, what are you seeing that needs to be addressed? What's, what's the urgent case that needs to be addressed there that, that you think people need to contact you about? Well, at the moment, what we're seeing across the board really is a lot of electricity bills. You know, like you referred to during your earlier report. People are struggling greatly. They're getting massive shocks. I mean, what they've been used to providing for in recent bills have now trebled in some cases. In other instances, we have people like nurses and people on CD schemes. Their cars, they're breaking down. Their car repayments, they're, you know, going into default. They need their cars for work. They're coming to us. Students are coming to us for funding, for travel, to get to college. So that's what we're kind of seeing a lot of as well, just like trying to live day by day, you know, in a crisis that's affecting everybody from every demographic, you know. And so we're who, trying to work with them. Who can refer people to you at the moment? Is it MABS? Is it the Vincent de Paul? Is it community welfare offices? Of course. Well, initially we started out in 2018 with two referral partners. We now have 11 across Limerick City. 
Now, an example of some of them, like you said, are North Munster Mads, we have Adapt House, we have Focus Ireland, Doris Limney, the Limerick Social Service Centre, we have Our Lady of Lords Community Centre, and they're always looking for more partners because we know the need is out there. I mean, what we're providing isn't something we're thinking will work. We know it's needed. So we need community partners to reach out and form partnerships with us so we can reach the people that need it most. Right. And the level of loans you're providing, can you tell us, first of all, the kind of sums you're lending? And if you weren't lending them, where else might people be going? Of course. Well, what we do is we lend loans from about €30 Euros up to €1,000. So initially, our maximum for micro loans was 750, but due to the current energy crisis and the cost of living curve, we've had to increase it to 1,000. So what they do is, like, if people really didn't have, you know, us, what happens is, and they wouldn't, and what we did was a cohort of people that had, don't have a financial background, they don't have a credit history, they're not able to go to credit unions or banks. So what happens is they end up using their credit cards, they end up going to online money lenders, and of course, they end up sometimes going to loan sharks. I mean, we're very aware that, you know, the legal money lending industry in Ireland, it provides high cost of credit to about 7% of the Irish population. The majority of those customers are female, and they're in lower socioeconomic groups, and they're between the ages of 35 and 54. And I suppose for them, the most frequent term offered is nine months with APRs of 125%, which is not sustainable for any person, no matter how much they're working. So these services, we find, are more often than not compounding people's financial difficulty. I suppose there are people then who forego their essential health and education needs because they won't go to loan sharks. And that also has long-lasting detrimental effects. All right. Just you mentioned there 125% on a loan. APR, so, yeah. so when you offer €1,000, people pay back €1,000 over a staggered term of how long? When we, so our terms really are going from 12 to 18 months. Right, but people so pay back a thousand. So, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to put you on the mathematical spot here, but if somebody okay. is paying 125% on a €1,000 loan, what kind of a term are they paying it back over and what's the ultimate payback cost? Well, I, I, I don't have those figures worked out, to be honest, Colin, sure. so I okay. wouldn't try to guess it, but nine months, 125, they're doubling their loan, essentially, if they don't pay it within the time frame. And a lot of these online payday loans and the work they do, they draw you in by giving you a certain amount to have it paid back before you get your wages. But life, real life kicks in. People don't always pay it back on time. And what they work on is people who go beyond the, the remit of the nine months or beyond the term, and they end up paying way more credit over time. Right. And these are legally regulated institutions that are online, that are, you know regulated by the central bank. Anybody can apply for these loans. And for, for people that you're dealing with, you mentioned are a wide cohort of people there, you know, women yeah. in their 30s to 50s. You've mentioned nurses, you've mentioned students, um, social welfare recipients, presumably there as well. The individual yeah. cases that are presenting to you, are they people who have just presented because they have been referred? Would you say there are more people in those circumstances than than the clients you're dealing with, if you know what I mean? Is, is, is it more widespread uh, than... Absolutely. Okay, and just Absolutely. and for people who are who are you know who who are looking at the benefits that are already given out uh, and questioning why people uh, aren't able to find the ability to budget within those resources, it has are, are people simply with the current energy bills unable to do that? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's easy to stand back from afar and look and ask why someone can't provide for what they need. But the reality is that we are in a crisis. And I suppose what we find a lot of, it's not just the vulnerable society, which we deal with heavily, but it's also people who are working or getting back to work. They cannot provide for bills and electricity bills and energy bills that have trebled in cost. I mean, like, they have to find a way to get the funds to pay that back. Some cases, energy bills are actually surpassing people's monthly wages. I mean, we're living at a time where, you know, it's very unique, but it's, it's not going to go away just by saying that, well, why can't you budget differently and properly? Some people need help. I mean, everybody listening to this call, I'm very sure at some point in their life has, requ- has needed a loan from somebody. What we do is we take away the fees, the interest, the danger, the penalties, and we help people to feel empowered to kind of make the decisions without the stress, the anxiety, and the long-lasting emotional and kind of you know, psychological effects of, of, of debt and all, all it brings. Yeah, you, you mentioned, I suppose, the emotional and psychological aspect of this. How much of a barrier is that in people coming forward and their reluctance to, to come forward? The, the, I suppose the sense that maybe they have failed I- in some way. And absolutely. And we're talking about human nature, Colin, and you know yourself. People, the very last thing that people like to talk about in Ireland is their finances. And a lot of people who are on fees, things, people who are part-time workers, they believe that they should be able to budget and they should be able to provide for themselves and their families. The reality is that is an impossibility in today's climate because of the cost of living, because of the increase in bills from all angles. So, I mean, what we're saying to those people is don't be afraid to ask for help. Reach out to partners in the community. Get them to refer you to NILS because what we aim to do is essentially help and bridge the gap. We don't want to kind of say that we want to burden people with loans. We want to help them and empower them to get past this short-term issue that we hope. And the reality, and another issue there just to say is that when the cost of living crisis goes away, Colm, and when things hopefully get back to a more normal sense of things that we're used to, this need will still be there for people in the public. People and vulnerable cohorts of people who have no access to credit, you know, they're being denied. There's no financial inclusion for them. So they'll always need a service like NILS. Because, you know, they have a right to financial inclusion and that's what we always hope to provide for them. All right. And, and b- before we let you go, your own background is in the Revenue Commissioners, is it? Well, I have worked previously in the Revenue Commission. I worked it from 2015 to 22. First of all, in the debt management and then finished up as an auditor. My time there was usually positive, but I, I always knew that, I suppose, my passion for people and projects would take me on a different path. But in the Revenue, I've seen the results of interest and penalties and enforcement. And yes... While they're entirely necessary, I suppose, for people who purposely evade tax, there's also a large group of people who find themselves, like, through no fault of their own, in very short-term difficulty. And this is where I saw the gap that Mills was filling, that their service could empower those people to make micro-changes through offering them microfinance, and that would free themselves of financial burden and help them to have the confidence, I suppose, to just do what they need to do to move forward in life like we all deserve to do. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just before we let you go, I'll just bring you one text from a listener here. I ca- hi, Colm. I've benefited yeah. from the NILS programme here in Limerick and I just want to share what a lifeline it was. NILS cut the cord between me and a loan shark I had used for years, which no doubt gives you uh, a good deal of satisfaction, Ken Graney. Absolutely. And we see that. A lot of people who come into us, Colm, they say, listen, until if I didn't hear about you, my next option was a loan shark. And we all know the dangers of loan sharks, like they prey on the vulnerable. People never escape. It's a never-ending debt cycle. So to be able to change someone's life like that and give them and free them from that really tight space of loan sharks 
we're very proud of it. All right. Okay, Ken Graney, Microfinance Loan Officer with Good Shepherd Ireland. Many thanks uh, for joining us. Well, let me introduce you to my political panel today. Joining me here in Limerick are Sean Fleming, Minister of State at the Department of Foreign Affairs and Fianna Fáil TD for Leash Offaly, Richard O'Donoghue, Independent TD for Limerick County, while in our Athlone studio we're joined by Sarka Clark, who's Sinn Féin TD for Longford West Meath and Party Spokesperson on Defence. Um, you're all very welcome. We have... A text in, Sean Fleming, to you first today. It says, Colm, there's a government plan to help businesses with their energy bills, but in the news it says there's low uptake. Why? Have you tried to access it? It's nearly impossible. OK, first of all, I'll say it was very good to listen to Ken, what he's just said there. And he was actually talking about people's personal bills and in most cases, electricity. The separate issue is the business energy support scheme. That's what your exact question was. And definitely the uptake wasn't what was expected. We provided good money for it. And businesses are telling me it's complicated. Um, some of them have maybe fixed term agreement for a period of six or 12 months. Maybe they're didn't have the required 25% increase in their energy bill for a particular period, even though they were 23 or 20, 24%. And it is a complicated scheme. Speaking to some business people just yesterday on this issue, and it needs to be simplified uh, and to increase the take-up. The government wants to support the businesses, um, but I think the scheme needs to be simplified so people can actually get the benefits of this much more quickly than they're doing at the moment. Some are getting it, but I think it's not as widespread a take up as we would like. All right, we may come back to that um, shortly. But you heard from Ken Graney there and the demand they're seeing. We heard the Barnardo's report looking at the number of people availing of food banks, more than doubling parents doing without food in order to, to feed their children. I mean, you'd agree this is a crisis and at the end of the month, government supports are going to taper away. To that person in the Vox Pop out in the street we talked to earlier who was talking about her sister facing an electricity and gas bill combined of €700 Euro while those supports are in place, what's the narrative of hope you can offer them? OK, well, it depends on um, that per person's own individual circumstance. However, I will say most of the electricity suppliers are, are now offering very quickly for people who don't pay their bills within two weeks, they can get a letter to go on an extended payment plan. That is the first thing. All the bills don't have to be paid when the bills arrive. They are offering that. I understand it's probably interest-free to spread out your payments which they haven't been doing and they're very upfront and sending out those letters if you don't pay within two weeks you can get a letter uh, offering you the facility of an extended payment so that's just on the electricity bills look the inflation was very high last year still 8% and as long as inflation is there prices are going up and ultimately we hope that declines this year but definitely people do need some continued support and really the debate is do we concentrate it on people who are suffering the most or do we use uh, resources to help businesses maybe keep right. their costs down? And, so and they're the debates that are going to happen in the next what side of that debate do you stand on? Uh, first of all, you have to help the people on the ground. OK, that's the first thing. I think the government helped businesses extensively during COVID. We've now 2.5 million people in the workforce. So, in fact... The, the biggest problem most businesses have that talk to me is recruiting staff. They can't get staff. So really, some businesses are doing exceptionally well, notwithstanding um, the high cost they're incurring. And they say getting staff is their biggest issue. So I think we have to protect the, the families and the people to stop people like Ken 
said going into um, loan shark. And I want to say one important message here that mightn't have come back. I was in the Department of Finance just up until Christmas and we passed legislation specifically on this fixing the amount of money lenders can charge at 1% per week. So some of the companies have already left Ireland because they were charging above that. So that is the new maximum rate and people shouldn't be going to any any money lender that charges above. That's the law of the land now, very, very recently. But really what Ken is saying Referral through MABS and Good Shepherd, it's outstanding. I've never heard of an interest-free loan. That's really, really, really good. And I, through the credit unions and MABS, I'd like them to work together to assisting people um, like the Good Shepherd providing okay. those type of loans. Circle Clark uh, in our loan studio, you were listening to those uh, Vox Pops as well and to Ken Graney from Good Shepherd here in, in Limerick. In terms of what happens at the end of this month, What's your party calling for? What size of a package and targeted at whom? I think at this point, Colin, what the public really need to hear is certainty from government. They really do not need to hear a minister say, go talk to your electricity supplier when your income is actually lower than what your bill is going to be. People need certainty. Hints aren't going to cut it. What we are bringing forward is a package of measures that would address not only those um, who have a mortgage around mortgage interest relief, but what we also want to see and to ensure doesn't happen is that cliff edge that you spoke of. So the reduced exile on petrol and diesel that's due to end at the end of February, we want to see that extended to the end of May. The same again with the reduced rate of VAT on electricity and for gas that needs to be extended also. Now what we will also be proposing as part... They, that's part of it. I'm speaking about the reduced VAT sure. um, on the electricity and gas. But also as part of that, what we would like to see introduced is a spring bonus payment for people who are on social welfare. So those, the working families, our pensioners, our carers, those on disabilities um, on, and our widows. Because when there is an additional pressure put on any household due to the rapid rise in costs, and at this point we're seeing it everywhere, it's from light and heat down to the food, down to the very most basics, where there is an additional need or an illness or a disability in the house that ability to meet the bills come in is actually then further restricted on families so, so the most vulnerable need these supports So that's a targeted payment at people who are social welfare recipients currently are you are you looking at uh, is there anything universal that's wider than that or is it a targeted support in particular you're calling for? Well it is targeted supports that we do believe that's needed at this point now while the government certainly didn't go as far as we would have liked them to do in terms of the rent credit they seem to have turned their back entirely on, on mortgage holders and we fundamentally disagree agree with that. We know there are a certain cohort of mortgage holders at the moment who are under extreme pressure because of those repeated ECB um, interest rate hikes. Now, not all of them right. are well, so, actually, so, Some mm. of them, it was argued, did pretty well in the tracker mortgage when they were on 1.1 or even down as low as 0.5 above the ECB rate well, I don't at times think anybody, when other people were paying rates of, of, of over 4%. Well, Colin, with the greatest of respect, I don't think anybody could say that to somebody whose mortgage is with a vulture fund and is currently paying over 7%. So would you draw a distinction between the two cohorts of people whose interest rates are going up, those well, on over 7% and those who are, you know, who, who used to be on 1.1 or 0.5. What we are looking to introduce is a temporary targeted measure around mortgage interest relief to provide relief on a portion of the borrower's increased interest costs relative to the interest rate that they were paying okay. in 2022. All right. Um, Richard O'Donoghue, some, just to go back to some of what we heard there of people on the street looking for certainty and the kind of people in the situation that Ken Graney was talking about. At the end of the month and by the end of the month, what do you want to see in place for people and target it at whom? 
The squeeze middle is, is a big ask here where two people are working in the house and they can't survive. Where their mortgage is, is probably their second choice because the first choice is to have is to put food on the table for their children and food for themselves. They look at, and we go back about the excise duty that you were on there about a while ago. I put a truck into the doll to mark this a year and a half ago of the problems we were going to have with excise duty and the tax that the government were taking on fuel. It's taken, it took them 12 months to respond, and including the Sinn Féin to respond, to listen to us. After six months, they finally listened to what I was saying was correct of the knock-on effect it was going to have. We are a fossil fuel country for transport, for our food, for producing our food, for everything in this country, for any person that's outside of a city base that do not have infrastructure. It's, it's a fossil fuel country. And that, the government took advantage of that and charged up to 50 cent, 50% in taxes right. on every person in this country, which has a knock-on effect of transport and all across the board, also on food production, also on people going to school, going to work. In this country, you pay income tax. Now you're paying tax on your fuel, you're paying tax on your food, you're paying tax on your clothes. Every place you go in this country is tax, 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 and they're giving nothing back. All right, well, the, the, the tax is what the government gets in in revenue in order to pay for some of the supports you're talking about. Would you support, for example, a restoration of the VAT rate in the hospitality sector to 13.5% so that some of the things you're calling from could be financed? At the moment, it's at 9% and the government have 5 billion euros in the coffers after a year after putting people through. The hospitality sector, as we see it at the moment, in, in our area, are probably one of the largest employers in our area for people that are going to colleges, people that are working part-time trying to, trying to financially look after themselves. So they're actually giving back to, to the communities. They're giving back to a circular economy because they're, they're actually, the food producers locally are producing to the likes of the hospitality sector. So they're one of the people that are actually giving back and they've stayed open and they've so, actually created employment. So no. OK, all right. Uh, Sean Fleming, just we're, we're continuing to get communications in here from listeners. Somebody has texted us into 51551. I work in a charity. We can't avail of energy support schemes as we are excluded if we receive any funds from the HSE. Our energy costs are up 40% and we run centres across the country. We receive limited funding from the HSE and they're not giving support for energy costs. Worth a look? Yeah, that is worth a look and I get the point because the energy support was concentrated on business and supporting employment but groups like that wouldn't be known as a business right. and definitely Is there an awareness in government of those difficult situations that kind of thing in, in specific Yes and there are a number of people small number of people in that category and it is something um, that can be looked at to see can a scheme be drafted for organisations like that but up to now the scheme was uh, strictly to help businesses and some of those people were out that, outside that definition other people are getting to give you the example other people are getting the electricity credit off their domestic bills businesses have a scheme but those who are neither a business nor a domestic customer like those people there are a few people caught in the middle that are in covered by neither scheme at the moment and that's something that we can look at but I can't give a commitment on that because the decision won't be made by the Cabinet until for, for, very soon Alright, very briefly the time it's taken for the Cabinet to make a decision on this is this down to a disagreement between coalition partners and resistance as reported today and the front of the Irish Times in within the Department of Finance and the Department of Public Expenditure I suppose what's taking it so long no, when we knew this was going to come to an end? No, no, certainly not. The timetable was uh, for the VAT rates was always the 1st of March and we need a system 
in advance, a week or two in advance, so people know what's coming. It was never intended when the VAT rate changed that we discussed it last month. Um, it's there until the 1st of March and right. we have to have clear answers by then. That is the timetable. All right, OK. We're going to give the last word on this section of the programme to a listener. I'm 61 this month. I'm on an invalidity pension. I have €300 Euro in a current account, but I owe €20,000 on a mortgage and owe 2500 on my credit card. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll be back looking at Ireland's immigration policy after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.